Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. Biggest names and the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Ah, welcome once again to the Real Football Show. Scotty superstar Albie Kidd. We've got Marcus Flores all the way from Argentina, former Adelaide United champion and the man who breaks all the news, Val Miliaccio. Good morning. Uh, welcome. Top of the morning to you, that's. Now, uh, Marcos, first of all, straight to you. What is that that you're drinking? Please share this with us. Just oh, the Southern American infusion, which is mate, which is hot water with with the little herbs. I'm, I'm is it legal? Is it legal? It's legal. It's legal. <laughs> yeah. um, and back in the day, I used to travel with you know ten kilos of of gerba, <laughs> but um, but now I can I can buy it in in some of the local shops here in Adelaide, which is the herbs that come straight from South America, and I drink with hot water. So it's like drinking tea. It's like drinking tea, and 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 the kids, you know, the, the listeners, and they they can actually Google it uh, because Suarez. Griezmann, Messi, all of them. They, you know, more than likely the South American players drink this. They drink it, Messi and Suarez. Everyone. It's a culture wow. thing. Wow, we can all play like them. That's it. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm on it right after the, the, the show. That's Beautiful. How about Diego? Diego Maradona, of course. Man. He does as well. Yeah, of course. Everyone. Coming up on the show today, there's a lot happening transfer-wise with local players in the A-League. There's also a bit of a story breaking about players getting out of the A-League and playing NPL because there's more money mm. in that, would you believe? Uh, which is an odd story. Amazing. Yep, it is. Uh, And the other question being asked, there was a big article written in the Eastern States Press about should soccer finally go back to winter here in Australia. So plenty to talk about, as well as the EPL. Loads of action in the EPL. And why was West Brom robbed with a penalty (laughs) in the last minute of the game against Chelsea? Unbelievable. Happens to us all the time. We are so... Ostracise and picked on Albie. Yeah, incredible. Um, it was the very last minute there, and, and really you could say you could say there's maybe something happening with the size of the clubs. That Man United is another one. They scored uh, to equalise against Brighton in mm. the hundredth minute. There you go. And again, it was a penalty. Yeah. Who would have thought penalties for the big clubs in the last ten minutes minute. of stoppage? Unbe- well, they must obviously they had to wait until they could get them a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened, Val. That's that's the reason. All right, now, uh, Val, you are the newsbreaker. Tell me uh, local transfer news with some players here. What's happening? Yeah, it looks like uh, Adelaide United are about to lose their goalkeeper, Paul Izzo, to Tony Popovich's new club in Greece, Zanthi. That's that's the word, and it should be announced even today um, or in the next couple of days, but... So he's the first one, so he's going for a, a transfer fee because he's still contracted for another year. They're doing transfer businesses. This is what we talked about last week, yep. where, where clubs need to do business to survive. Right, so this will be a good deal for Adelaide United is what you're I saying. I think so, and a great deal for Paul Izzo yep, sure. because I reckon he's ready. I think he's, he's ready to take that next step. He's had many good years in the A-League, yep. and uh, where do you go from here? Get into pro football in Europe. And this is maybe – it's not second division in Greece, maybe not – Ideal, but it's a, it's a stepping stone. Marcus, how good is Paul Izzo? He's a really, really good goalkeeper. Yep. Uh, I faced him a few times. He was quite young, though. Yep. Um, but now, like like Val was saying, he, you know, he 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 feels important in Adelaide, and 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 he show character, you yep. know, and he gives character to the team. You know, he's gonna he's a good he's a good opportunity for Izzo, but he's a great lo- he's a big loss for Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. He's a confident boy as well, Ditz. You know, he's, um, when you were saying he's playing in the early years, he was a bit dodgy at that time, in my humble opinion. A bit but dodgy. No, seriously. <laughs> but now, but now uh, Ditz, you know, he's, he's got to be one of the... One of the top three goalkeepers in the A League for sure. Is that right? And, and I think you're right there, Val. This is the right time for him to go to the pros and uh, see how he goes. Yeah. All right, Val. Who else can you tell us about? Well, Riley McGree. He Adelaide are trying to offload him, and I think Riley's actual goal was to come back to Adelaide, get himself a good season, which he did. He scored more than ten goals. He won the uh, under-23 player of the year and then get himself out. But the big problem now is because he signed a fairly open contract, there was a club interested, I think, in Northern Europe. 1.7 was the transfer fee that Adelaide wanted plus a a sell-on fee for the next sale. That got rejected. Now, I'm hearing that he's also been linked to Popovich's club, but it won't be at 1.7 plus a sell-on fee. Surely this could maybe even be a loan. But he wants to get out. Because he he knows he's at an age now. It's critical for his future as yep. well. So and when you say same club as you know the same Greek club, this reeks of the same player manager from what it sounds like. Same agent. They're not. They're not. They're I don't think they're connected. No, no. I think it's, it's well big coincidence that it ends up the same club well, in the Zilko whole of Europe. Kallis, I think he's an assistant coach at Popovich's club. He had a big say in 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 Paul Izzo going, and yep. he said it on his own podcast on Monday. They tried hard to get in, but it fell over. Now. I heard from a very good source, it's back on the cards and done. Okay. So he'd be a great signing for them, big loss for Adelaide, and this will be two big holes for Adelaide, Izzo and McGree, if, if it does happen. Then also Lachlan Brook, who made his debut under Marco Kurtz a couple of years ago, teenager, great left foot, played on the right wing, had some good minutes for uh, Adelaide under Colviert. He's attracted a club from the UK. So... Another player on the move. And they've also lost, you know, Taras Gamulka has gone to Melbourne City. So a lot of holes happening now for Adelaide. So when you're saying on a club in the UK, now that's interesting, but what level? That I'm unsure of. Okay. Just heard the UK at the moment. But, right. I mean, I'll keep digging and if I get any more information, I'll get that out as well. You, you know you know what I'm, I'm thinking in terms of transfer and, and to producing players in Australia? When the, when the interest comes from Europe, we need to understand that the eyes of Europe is they facing, they looking down to Australia. Yep, sure. And when the interest comes from Asia, you can ask $3 million if you want mm. because you are in the same level. But Jesus Christ, guys, if we actually try to put $2 million, $2 million for one kid that he needs to prove himself, mm. he's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And in, you know what is, the, what is the problem after? That they're going to lose this same player for free in, in 12 months. That's true. That happens with Matthew Leckie in 2010. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, they lost, I mean, up until now, like we talked about it last week, <laughs> the Australian transfer market is broken. And maybe COVID, the, the way to survive, it's now coming back up. And these little sales will bring the eyes, like you said, of European scouts and clubs to the Australians. You can, you can, you can, you can make the player just to go and, 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 and just keep tracking the future of the player. If you make the next sell, yeah, next move, you, your club will earn money. Hmm. I think right. there's a market in Australia there. You know, the clubs, the, the lower side, you mentioned earlier on in the show there, that's um, watch what level these guys are going to. I think it's uh, it'll always be the lower levels. I, I, honestly, we said it last week on the show, I don't think there's anybody, you know, we all due respect in the national team that's capable of playing 
and the the top leagues in the world. All right, what's the what's the highest level? Riley McGree and Lachlan Brook can play. In your opinion, Marcus, they can play if they get a chance to go and 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 and, and go through the transition like Matthew Lecky did in Germany for two years. He can. They can. They got a talent, but they need to go through this this mental mental toughness, yeah, just to to embrace the challenge, to get there, to be patient, and to build themselves up to the next level. The fact that the, the talent is there, but the, the the resiliency to go and work hard to to be to be in a European footballer, it takes a lot. Yep. Yep. Mm. I guess the point I'm making specifically Dits is, mm. is there anybody in the, the Socceroos right now, ex- look, with the exception of the pros that's in there just now, could play in the EPL. Let's I'll, be fair I'll, and honest about this. But I, I, reckon, did. I, I, I think Matthew Leckie. Well, Matthew Leckie is already playing in the top league in Germany. But he's mm. saying the EPL. All right, we're I, saying I top level. Could, let, he, let, let, we're talking Italy, Germany, mm. uh, Holland, England, aren't we? Spain. All right. Who, mm. who can play in those leagues? See, when you're speaking about people like Mabil, and, and, you know, can they play in the top leagues? Well, the good thing for Awa, he's. Club Michelin has qualified for the Champions League group stage and they beat Slavia Prague uh, 4-1 on Thursday morning to get there. We'll find out because hopefully his club will be up against Real Madrid, Juventus, PSG, Liverpool. So he'll get seen. Yeah, but we'll we'll see see if he's up to scratch because he's going to have some of the greatest fullbacks (laughs) actually marking him like, uh, you know. Yep, we'll see if he's up. All right, can we talk about anyone else transfer-wise at the moment? Yeah, there's there's a lot happening. Um, the Adelaide United assistants coaching job, that's still lingering on. There's a really good name in the mix, and I don't want to get it out because I've spoken to this guy. Um, he's being talked to a couple of times. I'll just say he's a legend of South Australia. A legend of South Australia? Soccer. There we go. Right. Just so we don't want to break news way. on this show. Listen to this podcast, but we're not going to break news for you. We're going to tell you there might be someone coming. Carl, <laughs> hang on. No, this is – Carl wanted this guy. No, I, I, I'm too close to him and I'll – and. He'll, he'll probably he'll probably knuckle me. <laughs> Carl wanted this guy as his number two when he when he got the job right. after Verbeek. Right. If it doesn't happen, I'll get his name out. All right. And if it does happen, I'll get his has name out. Has he been out. a coach in his own right? Yes. He has. He's coached locally. Okay. Has he been a number two at any time? He's been a number two for a national team. He's Ooh. been a number two for an A-League club. All right. right. And he's been a number one for a local club. So he's well regarded. Well regarded. Very well respected. Well it's not regarded. too hard to sort of work out. No, no. Out All right. No, well, we won't press you on. <laughs> Sounds like an Italian. Because I'd, I'd hate you to get knuckled. Coming from Val. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like, I know his family. They'll, they'll be after me, mate. <laughs> right. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, we on the on the way to the studio this morning, we, we spoke to an agent, um, a big agent. We won't say who it is, but. Hang on, we're not going to say who he is either. No, we've got to hide out. We're going to say anything on this show. <laughs> but he told us about. A player, an A-League player in, in the Eastern States who's let go of his A-League contract. He's just signed a $15,000 sign-on fee for an MPL club and he's getting $1,800 per game playing in the MPL in right. Victoria. Right. Now, we won't focus on the one player, but this is happening right across the board. And we also, I've heard over the last couple of months, if they can, if they drop 
A-League wages 30%, like they're saying, 40%. Yeah. You're going to get players, and I know of at least one player of Adelaide who's contemplating giving the game away professionally, right. becoming a full-time employee in another industry and playing NPL, and he'll make maybe forty or $50,000 more. So it's sad in a way. So the A-League is on the precipice of really – well, it's a real dangerous time, isn't it? With with the report that salaries will come down, yeah, yeah you're asking the question, how many players will walk and play at a lesser level, yeah. less training, less maybe stress. get a job, less stress, and just take the money and play for a bit of fun on a weekend? Well, it's, it's almost – and I spoke to Simon Colosimo about this last night. He's the Deputy General Secretary of Fifth Pro, the World Players Union. He said it's almost like – we're going back in time to 2005 when the A-League first kicked kicked off where players came out of the old NSL, had established jobs, good jobs, mm. and you can probably chime in with this, Albie, and thinking, I'm going to leave a good job where I might be on 100000 but they're going to pay me 40000 to play A-League. I'm not going to play A-League. I'm mm. going to stay in the, in the state. Right, we're, going back, we're going back that way again. Marcus, you're fresh out of the game. What do we do about that, though? How can, how can we fix that in Australia right now? We can't. This is really, really... Nothing is impossible. We have to evolve in, 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 in terms of a perception of how we see soccer. I could never imagine, you know, to get paid... $2,000 to play amateurs in my country. Mm. Well, that's what's happening here. Yeah, it's happening. So uh, it, it worries me. I mean, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking when, when you were talking, I made the decision at 16 years old to don't go to unit and pursue my career as a footballer. Mm. And that was a big decision, mate. Because one, could, one coach could put, me, could put my, my life in, 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 in a completely different direction. Yep, for sure. I made I make my decision. I wanted to be a footballer. Yeah. And if they, and my first club in Argentina would not, could not pay me, I was not going to win. I just want to go back one second, and this will involve you too, Albie, growing up in Scotland. Did you say, you come from one of the great football nations in the world, Argentina, South America, we know how brilliant all of the nations are at football. You wouldn't get paid $2,000 to play amateur football in your country. No. What about Scotland, Albert? You would, no. wouldn't you? I Surely. Local clubs would pay that sort of money. No. Then why are we doing it in Australia? This is the point I'm trying to reach. Well, maybe why you, would we do it here? You can maybe open it up, Chris, because you were the former chairman of West Torrensburg Colour. Yeah. How, how did you operate that club? We all know the answer to this. And I, I think it's obscene, and I don't mind going on record saying this a thousand times over. This country has got to change the way we do it, and I don't care. Anyone can stop me in the street and argue the point with me if you like. Our junior kids and their families pay for the first teams right across the country, and we all know that. And it has to stop. Look, it won't stop. How, how we turn this around, I don't know. How we turn the clock back and start again. But when you've got kids playing sport, whether it's AFL or netball, basketball, any, name any, every other sport, tennis, and you're paying $100 for the season, yet in soccer. I know in the eastern states, in Sydney, you will pay two and a half grand for an eight-year-old boy mm. or girl to play soccer. Here in Adelaide, it's 1000 or $1,100 and more. It's ridiculous and for you to say Marcos that you can't get paid that I, I presume that you would in Brazil or Argentina or whatever get get paid to play at a local club but even when I got to to professional football mate the young players in the professional game you go and play 10 games and you destroy in the league in the first division Argentina you don't get paid perhaps what yes it's <laughs> happening but what happened because our love for the game is so crazy that you think that is the way I'm gonna live my life. You go beyond your limits. 
Then we're doing it wrong. I didn't realise that. No, honestly, this no, is the no, first see, I've ever heard of this. We are doing it totally wrong in this country. In we my need little to, opinion, we need to try aim to make the football, the football in the in the grassroots affordable. But what Correct. you're actually saying, the general rule of thumb here is, as a, as a professional football player for a lot of years, right? You play at the highest level you can. That's my. Yeah. That's probably a, a, you know an unwritten law, but mm. you should do that. But what I'm hearing here is somebody's. Um, going to be leaving an A-League team, which is a full-time gig, to go to a part-time yep. club at a far like low level and get more money. It just doesn't gel with me. It's throwing in the towel because obviously the aspirations of the player is not to, to reach the highest level of football. It's not right. But, but going back to your juniors, and I, I remember maybe a month ago I watched a club where – it's it's an amateur uh, soccer association club where their kids are charged two fifty, and I watched an under eights match play on a Saturday morning. They the kids all had fun. It was a great little game. On the Sunday, I went to an MPL club where the kids are charged fourteen hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and I watched an MPL match, mm-hmm. uh, a junior MPL match or under eights. I didn't see any difference in the standard. Right. So why yeah. why amateur clubs two fifty? Yep. And all of a sudden, NPL 1,400, and this is with no disrespect to the people in these NPL clubs or State League 1 and 2 clubs. A lot of these coaches are fathers. they got kids in the team. Hmm. They're not getting the best coaching. You're not getting the best direction. And it, it, it pains me to understand why these kids are charged so much money on promises which are absolute trash. You know, stay with us. We'll get you to become a professional. It's it's a lie. Okay, we it's need an to, absolute lie. We need to help football people. We need to help to mentor the parents, to mentor the parents, yeah, to realize that soccer, amateur football, amateur, the ones that we're playing in youth development, is just to evolve, mm-hmm. to make an evolution of your son. Mm-hmm. You don't send a kid to any club to be a champion. You send a kid to evolve, mm-hmm. which is to learn to be a friend, friendship, respect, yeah. and everything. Now, the other day... The whole package. The whole package. Now, the other day, a group of parents surprised me. I'm going to be a father in four weeks. Yeah, so, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I, I, and, and they surprised me with a little cake, and it was super lovely. Um, and we were actually, um, with a seven-a-side a group of players, you know, um, and 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 I give my, my 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 I thank everyone. But I said to the players and to the parents, I said we're gonna play a tournament. Yeah, we're gonna go aiming evolution. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna win or lose. It's a classic speech of any coach. Yeah, mm. but now I ask a kid in front of everyone. I said to the twelve years old, Hey, Matthias, yeah, a question for you, mate. How many games you won at nine years old? He said to me, I don't know. Mm. Maybe you parents got a book yeah. taking how many wins and lose, <laughs> but the kids don't know what's going on in the result. Yeah. They, w- they will never forget how you make them feel. Mm. That is the aim of us as the coaches. Yep. All right. Very good point. Another thing as well, going back to the, and we, we, we might upset a few people here. Your people go on a board of clubs and they they get sponsorship in there, and the 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 means to for the club to pay the players that the 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 amount of dollars that they're paying them is is certainly through the juniors. We all know that, mm. but really, you know, when you, when you think about that, 
it, it's sad that, that that's going on. And I'll tell you what happens as well. We, he, we hear it all the time now, the loyalty of players to the club. Loyalty is a massive thing. You should want to be playing for your club for at least five years or whatever it may be. And that's not happening because some club could come in there and if us four were playing uh, soccer now and, uh, you know, somebody uh, gives you an increase of $500 a game, are you, gonna, are, you, are you tempted to go there? Yes, you are. Let's be honest about it. But, but so, so this, the big fees that the players are getting now, it's demolishing the whole loyal thing yeah. for players playing at clubs. Yeah, but I, we could tell a million different stories. We want to move on from this discussion, but I can tell you, Abby, when I was a chairman of a local club, a fellow would change to a club down the road because he said, oh, they're going to give me $20 more. Yeah. You then immediately say, well, if, it's tw- if $20 is that important to you, go back to what Marcus has just said. What about a bit of uh, respect for the club, the people around you? What about the, evolve, you know, the evolution of you and your mates? And what about the lifelong friends you'll make? If that's worth $20... I'll help you pack. Seriously, go up, the, yeah. go up yeah. the road now. This is what we're dealing with, unfortunately. Now, let's move on. I want to talk about the A-League um, and a story that was written during the week. Uh, uh, is it time to go back to winter? Now, we know in this country, in Australia, and Marcos, you're not from Australia, but the, the decision was made to play in summer to avoid AFL. And if you're in Sydney, to avoid the, the rugby you know, to, because obviously they take the front and back page every day of the week and it's about trying to get the game publicity. So I understand personally why it happened in the first instance. Val, from your point of view being a, a news and a, a reporter, uh, is it time to go back to winter? Well, if you go to the coverage, it doesn't matter. They could play at midnight now. You won't be getting the coverage they were getting maybe six months ago hmm. in, in newspapers and we've seen the drop-off in coverage. As a spectacle for football, I think... The entire season of everybody playing football should be all played together. It, it, what, what I saw happening was the game became fractured by force. You get the A-League. First it was the National Soccer League. They changed to a summer season because there was no FIFA international windows back then. So they had to sort of align themselves with Europe to make sure that the best players could come back and play for the Socceroos. They had the Socceroos in mind. So that's that sort of happened. The A-League kicks off, and you're right. Avoid the AFL, avoid the NRL, but then you have the NPL, the juniors, kicking off a little bit later. And there was no... The, the, the whole family, at some point in the season, you need to break the football family. And, and, and the game became disjointed. As far as I think... Um, the standard goes, we saw a little bit, a snippet during the COVID when they came back after COVID. Yep. It was a quicker game. Not necessarily the standard was better, but it was quicker. And Marcos, you could probably elaborate and even Albie elaborate a little bit more because you played in winter in, in, in the UK and obviously in, in, the, in the States and then you played a bit of summer here. Well, it's a good point because uh, winter is not really winter here. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest about it. The, yeah. the weather's fantastic and so you're in winter as well but but really I think there needs to be a fundamental change um, you know clash, clashing with the AFL or whatever I think something's news got to come um, on the horizon there because the A-League in my p- opinion is struggling big yeah. time yeah. so there needs to be a change and I want and, and that is a big change to, to change it to a winter league I think it would be um, a, a fantastic starting point there's also I think in my opinion, the games are always worried about what other sports are doing. You don't have to be worried about what the AFL is doing. It's the number one sport by a mile. 
football in this country will not challenge it in terms of sponsorship dollars and all that sort of stuff, TV coverage, as long as I'm alive. I'm not going to be alive for, you know, until I'm 200 years old. We shouldn't be worrying about it. We should be growing their own product on the back of everybody that plays. There's, there's a great little community there, almost a million football players. Yep. But a million football players do not care about the A-League, don't care about the NPL, they care about their own little clubs. Unite them all. Our game that we love, that we call here, the real football, mm. yeah? Mm. I, I come from Argentina where we breathe this, this soccer ball, the football ball. Now, I got massive respect for, for, for Australian football rules. And that is the main sport in this country. If we aim as a soccer to be the, aim spo- the, the, the main sport, we'll never get it. No. I'm, I'm okay with it. As long as we get in this table and we preach our love for the game, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it. Because A-League, we need to love each other and embrace who we are, and we're going to attract people. Because it's still it's so many football lovers, the, 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 the real football lovers. <laughs> but we got a lot of. We need to just keep... Don't, look, don't worry about others. Just keep doing what you love, and you're going to attract people. That's right. I don't think that you know, there's any... You know, that's... Everybody thought we, we, we should compete. Going back the years, Val, and you could relate to this. You know, the, the people thought they could compete with the with the other codes, and it's very, very wrong. So that's that's gone now. But really, when you think about you know soccer as a game, you know the benefit for us, and you know being a supporter of the code, you know it's when they get into the World Cups. You know when you're seeing European competitions, and you're seeing fully. You know, Australian players competing at the highest level. You know, that's I get a, a massive buzz out of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And that's I think that's the direction that we need to take. But if, if Australia's playing Scotland tomorrow in the World Cup, <laughs> who, who are you barracking for? Uh, no, that sure. Actually, yeah. but, <laughs> but I think Albie's got a, a, a great point. When the Socceroos and the Matildas are playing, we can unite as a nation to support the Socceroos, just like we do with with the Boomers in basketball, with the cricket team. But as for clubs, we're not united as, as a nation. So we need to grow. And I'm, I'm going with what Mark was. I'm happy. Not happy. Content. We won't challenge the big sports, cricket mm. and AFL. Mm. Be what you are. You, we're not the English Correct. Premier League. Yeah. We're not the Italian Serie A. Mm. We're in Australia, a long, long way off of these fantastic leagues of the world. Yep. And, and just be happy with it. But... Come together and you're not. We are plenty, guys. We are in the street. We are plenty. Don't worry about it. It's in so many parks we're playing soccer, mate. All right. Let's move on. Uh, What happened in the EPL over the weekend? I want to start with this story. uh, And I want to ask you two, fellas, if it's ever happened to you. This is uh, Eric Tyre at Tottenham. What happened with Eric in the in the second half? Caught a little bit unawares. (laughs) With Eric, you can imagine imagine what what happened uh, to leave the pitch. I knew it. I was just pushing him to come back as soon as possible because no more changes and one player, one player less is the consequence of something not human that he did, which was to play two matches completely dehydrated, uh, tired, no energy in, in, in the muscles, completely dead. All right, there he is, the great Jose Mourinho. Now, he's uh, deflected totally what happened there, and I'm sure most soccer fans know what uh, happened, but Eric got caught short. He ran off the ground. Jose followed him down the players' tunnel. 
And he basically needed to go for a, a crap. I mean, I, I can't put it any other way. But Cut to the chest. Uh, Albie, did you ever have to run off the pitch? No, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I used to p- play with a player at uh, Motherwell, a guy called John Capaldi, his name was, and he was a nervous type. So he had nervous energy, and, he, and he'd done that semi-regular. You know, maybe once, <laughs> ran off. once every six weeks or so, he'd have to run off and do a, a wee... Well, yeah, number two, playing a number nappy. two, right. and uh, yeah, Marcos, so, Marcos Flores. It. This ever happened to you? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to do memory um, um, of any teammate, but I, I don't, I don't remember actually. All right. The other point I want to ask about the weekend. You alluded to it, Albert. That uh, Man United get a penalty in the hundredth minute. <laughs> Chelsea get a penalty against my mob, West Brom. Do the do the top clubs get a better deal? Do they get looked after out there? It's or a massive not? question. Um, I've always said that, you know, when you're playing against somebody like, well, I can only relate to Scotland. If I'm playing against Celtic or Rangers yeah. and you're playing at their ground wow. with 70,000 people screaming yep. at you and the yep. referee's in the middle yep. and there's half a chance of getting a penalty, yeah. normally it's a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'd like to answer Marcos, that. Marcos, do you agree? Yes, I do, but um, I would love to know, I would love to analyse how many times Manchester United playing they have. How, how many times they went to near the box. If you go 100 times, you get the reward in the end. Okay. I always believe, you know, that if you... Now, if it was even the game, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I, I was an accident, yeah, I would say. But if you, if you play really, really with the big teams and you don't get out of your half, yeah. you're gonna it's going to happen. You, it's going to happen yeah. something. Yeah, fair point. All right, what did you like over the weekend, Albert? Um... I like the the fact that uh, I spoke about it uh, last week, kid. That's uh, you know, Chil- um, Leicester and uh, Everton mm. are really hitting their straps early on. Yep. You know the Manchester Cities of this world. They're, they're they've uh, they got hammered there. Um, f- lost five five two, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but Leicester, um, <laughs> they're just playing so well, mate. Mm. They're just playing so well. Yeah, the great fairy tale story of a couple of years ago. Leicester that that City. was a, yeah. just a fantastic championship. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was. But Brendan Rodgers, he's, he's got it right. Um, you know, Everton's got it right. They're playing well. If you look at the league, um, it's quite intriguing what's happening there. You know, you've got Leeds United sitting, you know, midpoint in the league and, and going well. They've got you know the hard game at the weekend, but just. Uh, we, we touched on Pep Guardiola pre-show. They yep. got smashed by Leicester, 5-2. And this is Man City we're talking about. Yep. Probably the richest club in the world. Was he, is he a little bit flippant? Like after the loss, maybe is, is he becoming too blasé? I've won everything, you know, like... It's a good I, point. I'm, I'm, I'm a big... Uh, I'm a, uh, I admire Guardiola. I love what he does. Um... But the other day I watched his post interview and he was he was frustrated big time. He was with these eyes that I guess a little bit hiding he was embarrassed, but I think he put too much uh, arrogancy on his speech saying like they didn't want to win, they were defending with eleven players inside the box, da, 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 da. that is not necessary, mate. If you if you concede five goals, said let's 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 shuffle the game next game, because next game, guys, is Leeds United versus Manchester City. <laughs> and I don't know yes. how many hours I need to sleep. I'm counting <laughs> because that is the game that I want to watch. Biosa versus Guardiola. Three three AM on uh, or Sunday morning. But how can a coach say that? Like 
they didn't want to win and they get smashed five two. And and you've got arguably one of the best clubs, one of the top ten clubs in the world. And and does he seriously expect a team who may, is maybe regarded as lesser play an open game? I mean, these coaches sometimes they astound me, thinking, oh, they didn't want to play. F-. This is they, they cry. They didn't want to play football. They locked it up and they still lost the. You know, I think as well. I think Guardioli is. He's not really that honest in the the interviews. You know, he he says what he needs to say, and he get he's he's becoming quite arrogant as well, as you mentioned there, Marcus. But um, I've sort of went off him because he, uh, hell of a respect for Guardioli, what he's done. But uh, I've seen a couple of interviews now, and hmm, there's a question mark. I was going to come in uh, this as well. What's uh, impacting on the game heavily, especially with the big games in the EPL and whatnot, is the no fans at the game, mm. so it's you know you look at um, it impacts on it impacts on players, impacts on managers, the fans at home watching on the television. I think it's a massive talking point. It's just the obviously the period that we're in with the virus and whatnot. When is it going to go away? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, the UK is not doing well. It's going to be quite a while, to be honest, Alvy. Yep. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. So, I think you're going to be stuck with it for a while. Mm. And how how long can these clubs sustain it as well? Obviously, you know, yeah. a lot of the top clubs get the TV money um, in the EPL, Spain, Italy and Germany. But the Lowell clubs with no fans, they rely on it. How, how long is this going to go on? And I actually watched a footage of the Arsenal-Liverpool uh, match. And um, the, the player that scored, I can't remember his name, but he scored the, the third goal, which killed the game off. Did they celebrate? Not really. The sort of gather there was a bit of a gathering, but um, normally an Arsenal Liverpool match with eighty thousand people or whatever, geez, it's <laughs> there's an atmosphere there. So no atmosphere. It's really really weird for me. Mm. Abby, which games are you looking forward to this weekend in the EPL? Well, I mentioned Leeds earlier on. There, they're playing Manchester City. I think that's going to be a massive game. Yep. Guardioli under a bit of pressure. Uh, Aston Villa. Doing well as Jeez, well. You're t- you soccer people, football people, we're three games in. He's under pressure. You're a joke. This is why people get sacked. People get sacked in your sport. I it's know. three weeks old. Listen, know, listen. Manchester City is a massive Albie, club. Albie, you haven't said a good thing for the last three minutes. You're under the pump on this program. All right, right? Aston Villa versus Liverpool. Klopp. I love him a bit. I love Klopp. There you go. This is a the positive. But uh, Aston Villa could give Liverpool a good game. Aston Villa at home. And the, the, the other game that's a, a key game is Man United at home playing Spurs. Mourinho mm. Mourinho going West back Brom, to his... Mate? West Brom, Southampton. That's the, that's the game of the round. It sticks Jeez. out like anything. 9.30 Saturday night, Sunday night. Thank you. I'll be watching. Uh, before we go, uh, last week, Val, you uh, gave us the big scoop on who was going to coach it the Matildas. Happen, did what happened? Yeah, good one. What happened? Good one. Marcus? Sacked. Sacked. Val, me that's out. It. Sacked. Well, that's my it. Source, <laughs> Is that raining tomorrow? My source, who I trust very much, said 99% done. And obviously it wasn't. Because, the 1% um, was really strong. She, she was definitely... Anna, and... And Carolina Mordacha was good enough to get back to me and say, I'll speak to you after. So obviously things are happening. Mm. She didn't listen to this podcast. Mm. She did after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right I think she downloaded it because we're connecting now LinkedIn. So I'll, I'll get the words out of her sooner or later. <laughs> tell, us about the, uh, tell us about the coach. Tony Gustafsson, it's actually come out of left field. He was an assistant coach for the, uh, the USA. who Obviously has won titles galore, World Cups galore. A good resume at club level. 
Um, he's a Swede and it surprised me, this appointment, because he wasn't being talked about at all yep. and all of a sudden he's got the gig. So he's got the gig until 2024. This is the biggest um, role now in women's football because we've got the World Cup and just saying about the World Cup in 2023, Dits, I've got to touch on Adelaide. We are a basket case to host any matches. So you're saying we're, we're we won't complete, get any? We're a complete basket case. Well, we're behind about, Tasmania. Well, which isn't good, and nothing against Tasmania, no, but no. I know what you're saying. In the pecking order, we should be above them. I'll tell you what, listen to next week's podcast. We're going to debate this at length because, Val, I know you're a big G for building a stadium in Adelaide. I'm against you here, so we will debate this topic next week. I've always been of the belief that if we can't fill Highmarsh, how are we going to fill a bigger stadium that's built in the city? And we'll talk about that, but basically that's, that's what I'll put to you all next week, that we have to fill Highmarsh time and time again and force the government into building something bigger and more modern. You've been listening to The Real Football Show, former Dundee Motherwell superstar Albie Kidd, Johnny Warren medalist from Argentina, Marcus Flores, and the game's number one newsbreaker, Val Miliacho. Triple M's The Real Football Show catch-up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.